Jay-Z wears helmets on jet skis. That's 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 just it. Jay-Z. Do you, do you want to talk about this? I feel like they, I feel like Jay Z is being done wrong. I feel like Jay Z is getting slandered for no reason. The man Slan- wants to be safe. But what what is false about that image? Nothing. The image is fine. Uh huh. I just I mean he's received a lot of slander by people. Is it slander? I mean it's funny. I, I, I definitely I definitely laugh. I'm just trying to imagine if Jay Z wore a helmet when he was selling drugs because that's a way more dangerous. <laughs> yo, it's like that, way more yo, dangerous. Wearing a helmet while you right. sell drugs. Is I mean, out of control. He's obviously a safe man, right? Like he cares about his safety. He's the father of three, right? But he was like on the corner, <laughs> you know. He lost like 92 bricks, so obviously, like his life has been very fast for a very long time. Are people gonna believe Jay Z lost ninety two bricks? Even though he said like, "Yes, I lost ninety bricks." Like, look, is that is that is that what is that enough look, to put that I, whole thing to bed? I saw paid in full. He lost like two bricks, and that was it. Serious. Didn't go well. That didn't go well at all. So imagine ninety two bricks. I mean, imagine just imagine losing ninety two bricks and then having to make that call. I was like, "Yo, I'm sorry." Yeah, I mean, you're mm, probably like supposed apologizing. to apologizing. Uh huh. For 92 bricks. Like, how much money is that? that? I mean, it has to be millions of dollars. Yeah, I, mean, I can't do that mental math. I get upset about a $150 invoice. Same. My invoice is late. So imagine losing I mean, millions yeah. of dollars worth of, you know, work. Greatest of all time, and having to hit somebody with an apology, like, <laughs> with the with the I'm sorry, yo, like, right? Yo, what type yo, of like yo, it's home. <laughs> yo, my bad. I lost because like I, yeah, what's, no, what, how did you start like, that? He never said he was robbed. You know, yeah, he it did, wasn't, very good it wasn't he did, like he did, someone yeah, yeah. came up on him and took the truck. Right, he said I lost. I lost. Like he misplaced, misplaced right. the ninety two bricks. Like, where was it? What was the last place you left it at? Did you retrace your steps? Did you, re- <laughs> <laughs> Did Did you, you check <laughs> under the bed? Did you check the refrigerator? Sometimes you leave like, in the refrigerator. Like sometimes you know, like when you misplace your phone or your keys. Right. Ninety two bricks. Ninety two bricks. Just all the this same. sounds exactly like the guy who the sort of guy that would wear a helmet to go jet skiing because it's like well just in case. <laughs> well, just but in also. Case. I got a key hook. Yeah. 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 That, he's living that type of life now. He has been so comfy. I mean, comfy is not the right word, but it's like, you know, so many years have passed by since then. Imagine how much you've matured, how we've matured over the past 20 some years. It's very true. Mm, good point. Growth. Growth. Mm. Growth. The maturation of Jay Z. And I can't, I mean, uh, but I also have to say that I did not recognize him at all. I actually literally didn't get the joke really? for like a whole solid day because I was like, why is everyone making fun of this poor old woman? Like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is the Something to Say podcast. Yes. We're a bunch of fucking idiots. Yes. Um, I'm Christina. I'm Ja. Um, yo, and I hope Jay Z doesn't hear that. I hope he's like, <laughs> I like, I don't want, I don't want to run into Hove, and he's just like, so you think it's funny that oh, I lost? I didn't. I didn't bricks. think public. I didn't think uh, I bet you funny. never lost ninety two dollars. Right. <laughs> I'm talking about my ninety two bricks. Really, you know. Oh man. Because did you, you guys saw that thing about how he saw Will Smith slap the journalist? That was an amazing overseas. story. Can and, we can we update pe- people for those who haven't heard okay, this? Okay, so. Will Smith was on the Rap Radar podcast and he was telling Elliot Wilson and B Dot about a call Jay Z uh, made to him. Actually, Jay Z texted him like emergency. He calls Jay. He's like, "What's up?" And Jay's out of breath. And he's like, <laughs> "Yo, Will, I just seen the video of you slapping the guy, and it's the best entertainment you've ever made. You'll never <laughs> do anything better than that." Me and Beyonce are, are, are contemplating not going to our show tonight and just watching you slap that man all night. Oh, my God. It's the greatest story I've heard all year Period. long. Period. It also made me think that what Jay-Z and Beyonce do throughout their relationship is just look at memes. I just mm. think they just look at funny videos online and laugh. You think they're just lurking? Because oh, they have for an sure. absorbing the culture. They have nothing else in common. 
They don't? They have nothing else in common. Beyonce and Jay-Z do. Nothing. Uh, what? <laughs> what else do they have in common? Okay, I need to hear this theory. What do you My, mean, what else do they... I mean, outside of being, like, superstars and, like, recording music. I feel like that's a lot to have in Jay-Z common. Jay-Z's, like, a 70-year-old drug dealer. Oh, from... my God. First of all. <laughs> Beyonce is from Houston uh-huh. and has been in entertainment her entire life. Okay. Like, what do they talk about? What the is 92 the, bricks. There's no <laughs> way Beyonce understands when he wakes up in cold sweats about those bricks. I get like I'm if I'm pretty Beyonce, sure he has PTSD. It was funny that you brought this up because I did have this random thought this week about like Beyonce's <laughs> burner account and, and, the, and the you know she has to have a burner account. Like I refuse to believe that she doesn't participate in social media. She just knows she can't participate as Beyonce. I don't know that. So I, like, I, I imagine there's someone. Not that she's trolling people or saying anything crazy, but I just think that. Like she's, you said, they she's, look at she's, me. she's among us. Okay. Yeah, she. Yes, I think she I think. is floating among us somewhere, quietly, just minding her fucking business and just laughing at all of us and making jokes. But then the other part of it is, I think she's definitely asked Jay questions about like ninety-two bricks and like the stories that she that he's probably told her are probably crazy. I just can't imagine because, like, what does she say in response? It's like, what a time to be alive with Future and Drake. Like, Future's having these moments of uh-huh. existential crisis, and Drake's like, so I go to the strip club sometimes. Well, that's what sometimes. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how it feels to me. It's like. And yet they somehow get along. Somehow, right? Yeah. I guess uh, Drake and Future are the Jay Z and Beyonce of hip hop collabs. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. That, I said that. I'm going to stand by that for right now. For, for right now. <laughs> for right this until, second. Until it's challenged and then I have to recant it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to recant it. I'll be like, come up with a new theory. <laughs> just blame it on the Jameson. There you go. T-Pain taught me well. There you go. Oh, my God. Well, speaking of Nevadius, Nevadius, uh, Nevadius dropped off some tunes to us this week. He did in the form of Beast Mode 2. Yes, Beast Mode 2 is now in the streets. Everything classical, everything magical, and they were checking my catalog. He didn't know caviar, special on the stallion, draped in medallions, yeah. Depend on the caliber, put on a passenger, whatever. Before we even talk about that, I just want to ask y'all in general how you feel about sequels. Okay. Like, how do you feel about twos? Does it work out? Has it, does it work out? Or do you feel like you're setting yourself up for disaster in, by saying two? in the Marvel sense, like no, absolutely not. Um, in the sense of future, it's actually worked out better than it should have. I feel okay. In the sense that DS two is also technically a sequel, but right. like if you look um, at the DNA of it, it's like DS two is by far a different. It's an outlier. Yeah. 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 Um, in general, I don't feel like I'm a fan, but. You know, there's a couple Batman films maybe I enjoy. Okay. How do you feel about sequels? Um, not the biggest fan. Okay. I don't like the. I always feel like they're cop outs. Mm. Like if you, to me, if you don't, if you're not able to tell the story in the original form, then to continue it tends to just be lazy, in my opinion. Like very rarely do I feel that a sequel gives me anything more that the original didn't. And I mean, I, I think that in music too, it's a very safety net to tend to have a sequel to give people something familiar and to try to sell them that you'll be returning to form. So often we hear rappers, oh, I'm going back to my first album or I'm going back to you know uh, what people wanted from me. And it never works out the same way because you're no longer that artist. But in Future's case, it's always so interesting that he calls these uh project sequels or he adds the two to them even though they're not necessarily like rooted in the same kind of sound or even the same kind of style as their predecessors like their successors in like a very interesting way because they kind of show the development of future more more than not i would say i mean i think that um yeah for him i think it's worked out yeah um in general, I just never, I just, quite, like you said, I think it is kind of lazy, but then I just question, like, what is the motive? Like, when you say two, are you saying it's two, like, a marketing scheme uh-huh. to, like, make us excited as if we're going to feel again how we felt about number one? It's too fast, too furious. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is it, like, a cute thing? You just say two and you just build up this fake anticipation <laughs> of something we didn't even know was coming in the first place? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, it's a sequel to a surprise. Like, okay, well, we didn't. We didn't even know this was coming. Um, <laughs> but that said, I think he pulled it off pretty. Like, he's two for two with twos. Two for two with twos? Bars. Wow. <laughs> he, 
Shit, man. He's two two and twos. Yeah. Like, you know, it's worked out for him so far. Yeah, for those of you guys who haven't heard the project yet, um, Beast Mode 2 is a sequel in the sense that it is also produced entirely by Zaytoven. And it's picking up from the project that they dropped in 2015, uh, which was following Monster, which was then following uh, Honest. Oh, look at the timeline on I know. Crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it had actually been a minute since the first Beast Mode came out, funny enough. Do you guys think that there's a reason why he decided to make this one the sequel out of the trilogy of mixtapes? Uh, mm. I feel like... I feel like his connection with Zaytoven was notable in general. Mm. I don't like Zaytoven has definitely worked with Future before, but I don't think um, anybody like really expected like a full length collaboration with him in the same way they might have with like a Metro or Southside or something like that. And I remember like with the first Beast Mode, it was just like a very interesting stylistic change, and you could hear like Future like sort of responding to that. So maybe that's why. Maybe they were just really eager to. Relive that time again Yeah For some reason Even though it's only Nine songs Beast Mode 2 Reminded me a lot Of Future and Hendrix mm. Like in nine songs mm. It felt kind of split Like the The back half Of Beast Mode 2 Is real I mean he's always Melodic But it was more R&B-ish Type melodies to me Like even the, Even musically It was like A little bit Softer Yeah mm. But it was dope. Like I thought he, um, I don't, I didn't stylistically, I didn't see like a lot of difference as far as like him doing something different that he's sure. never done before. Sure. But he was the future that we wanted. He was the future that oh, I needed definitely. at the time. Like, he's the most reliable franchise. It was a, it's a, it's a brand you can trust. Yeah, it pretty is, much. It, it, is, it is a brand <laughs> that you can trust. Like, and I feel like he hasn't even hit. It feels like he hasn't even hit the height of what he can be even though he's had a lot of commercial success and mm-hmm. he's put out like a lot of mixtapes and like fed the streets and all that it feels like there's still like more for him somewhere i don't know exactly what it is but um hmm. that's interesting i think i worry about he's gonna cannibalize himself in a way because he literally put out two albums last year two full-length 18 song albums right that we got a couple of music videos from but not like the major push for albums as good as they are you know you had a trap side and you had a, a whole kind of like r&b melodic side but you had one really strong single that they pushed but after that we didn't really get to see the the marketing right really push hendrix i think or really push any other any of the other singles because i think he had a, a handful of great singles even the rihanna record didn't receive the the push i would expect from uh such a high profile feature yeah, yeah, Mask Off wasn't even like the original single, right? Ooh. They had made they had filmed the pro- video for some other song, and then once they saw that people were like taking off to Mask Off, they kind of just like people the label picked that one. people yeah. picked that one, yeah. and the label was just like, oh, well, it's out of our hands. Yeah, yeah, which is cool because I mean it had a challenge connected to it, so I would understand the foresight of wanting to pivot. But you have twenty seven songs, right? Like, yeah. You can let this have its moment, but then kind of continue working the albums. But Future, you know, he went and did the Superfly soundtrack. He did Colorblind with Esco. And now he did Beast Mode 2. And it's just so much music that I wonder if we'll ever see Peak Future or the height of Future. Or will we even recognize it with so much music coming out? Mm, mm. That would be a shame if we missed it. Yeah. <laughs> and realize after it? the fact, like, damn, bro, like, we could have been. So I but I feel Hendrix like that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like a lot of that sort of happens after the fact. Like, where songs will be out for a year, just like fucking chilling, and then we just like catch on to it like a year later, being like, oh, where has this been all of our fucking Shout lives? Shout out to LMI. Mm hmm. Oh my, oh my God. I never <laughs> want to hear that song again, but I'm happy People for her. Hate- People, it's two visceral. The two viscerally hated songs of the year is definitely "Boot Up" and "Boot uh, Up." In my feelings, <laughs> like I feel like the, the "In My Feelings" thing is like going like through the roof. Uh-huh. How did that happen so fast? The, the song is like two weeks old, and when the album dropped, no one was saying anything about it. 
I didn't see anyone say talk about in my feelings like that it when the first twenty four hours people were judging the album and it was all type of pretty. I didn't see a word about it. And then Shiggy did a dance and people listened to it over the weekend. All of a sudden they heard the song and then Yeah, <laughs> I don't even think people listen to B side at all. Like the yeah, people B-side hated the B side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I saw was how and much we hate the B side. Now it's like Godzilla. We're talking about Drake's B side, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. We just started talking about like a <laughs> right. whole other thing just because I just derailed the whole conversation. That's fine. I'm just catching people <laughs> up. For Wait, those, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. Because they're probably like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> I would hope they would know in my feelings because it's everywhere. It's, it's inescapable. Every, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've heard, the song feels like it's been out for a year, and the album came out on last Friday. That was our last episode subject. Yeah, that was our last episode subject. <laughs> Literally. And it feels like it's been a year of In My Feelings. You know what's funny? We didn't even mention it last episode. Like, In My Feelings was Yeah, it, it wasn't even we, a song. It that, wasn't even something we brought up. No. And now you step outside and you hear it. You cut your phone on and you hear it. It's there. You're in the shower and it's coming through the water. Like, <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. All of us. <laughs> it's everywhere. Six God is watching. Oh my God! Please don't. <laughs> okay, back to future. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Back to Navidius. None of this conjuring Aubrey. shit. Anyway. None of this conjuring. We're talking about future. He's like a he's like a hip hop witch, is he not? Like, wouldn't future is a hip hop witch? You don't think he's a witch? You don't think he's like? Okay. A, when I listen to future, I hear like, <laughs> like the 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 the, the visual that future presents uh-huh. is like fantastical and like very whimsical uh-huh. and like he has all these elements of like uh uh, uh cinderella or like alice in wonderland i think you're describing like dumbledore and right? not even... like not future. <laughs> <laughs> no but to be, but this is <laughs> but that's how to me that's how like the cover of dirty sprite too where it's like all Oh yeah! Whatever the hell that, that activist that, cloud. Yeah, that cloud of activists. Like, uh huh. That is like that's future. That's everything. Every song is some form of that to me. Uh huh. He's just a very whimsical. Like in future, rode a broomstick and had like a big ass hat. I used to wear the big ass hat. Uh-huh. Like, he's like a, he is a hip hop witch. Okay, I'm, I'm with it. I I appreciate this conspiracy theory. Yes. I hope it gets fact checked on Snoop, but I'm with you so far. Yeah, yeah, we're I'm gonna ride this one you. out. We're gonna ride this. I one really out. hope someone updates the Wikipedia page to Future's a witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just mm-hmm. want that. All but also, his face or not his face, his name sounds like a spell. It does. Yeah, he looks like a like a demonic character. He has a song called Evil, a, a mixtape called Evil, or a song called Evil. It's Love Road Backwards. Yes, it's Love Backwards. Yeah, like, he's a witch, dog. <laughs> I like how you use that for your point. <laughs> like, yo, he flipped love. He's a witch. He's a witch. <laughs> what else could this be? Who does that? Who takes love and makes it evil? Like, you're a witch, dog. He's a wicked. Well, you know what? I will not argue logic. There you go. You're extremely logical. Yeah. So, I mean, he's the only witch of Atlanta, but in the lineage of great rappers from the city, how do we look at future? How do we place him in the this great layer of Gucci and T.I. and Jeezy and Outkast and Kilo Ali. I mean, he's obviously within the ranks, but like, how do we look at him? I'm sure like he's baiting people to think this way by calling himself like Future Hendrix, but I do think that his music sort of represents this whole like psychedelic take on like what we thought Trap was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you compare it to what Gucci was doing, what Jeezy was doing, and what Ti was doing, I don't think any one of those three could necessarily have predicted the sort of like experimentation that happens, like with his voice or like with the production, like at all. Um, so, I mean, that's my take on it. It is very interesting because, like, it's like I have to almost remind people, even though they are of Atlanta, we all know it like inherently that he's of the Dungeon family. But at the same time, we have to remind ourselves of that because it's like, oh, yeah. You do kind of have to say it out loud. You do. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. To, to, to make it be in the forefront of your mind. Yeah, because you otherwise it. it doesn't feel logical. Right. It's kind of cool that he never rode the coattails of that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's one of those if you know, you know kind of things. But yeah. like, I think Big Rube's on Pluto, right? Mm-hmm. First album, Pit Pick Rube on the intro. So it's like he's aware of the lineage that he comes from, but I don't think he ever used that to kind of like push himself upon people. He always kind of stood off as his own artist that just happened to come from this family of like great rappers. 
And I like how transformative Future is. I don't know if it's like subconsciously or maybe he's just the type of person who cannot uh, just simply remake the same thing over and over again. But he he tends to try to like just change it up. That's crazy. And Trying? I just think he's it's very intentional. Mm. I think it's very intentional the way he plays with these flows. Because I, I see the tweets that says all future music sound the same. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Who's saying this? Oh, I can show you tweets. I were they born like after the year uh, 2000? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they were. Okay. But I see a lot of people just like, oh, this album just sounds like all the other future albums. And I'm just like, well, I think that he has a, like a structure. You know, it's, it's trap. It's trap music. Sure. But I think Future's approach to trap changes with every project. Mm. I think the way he approaches trap is very transformative in the kind of way that we looked at Andre and how transformative he was from album to album. And the same way with Young Thug, I'm starting to see more and more now how transformative the rappers in Atlanta are to not just uh, find a space and stay within it, but to take a space as far as it can go. Yeah. Well, Future definitely let it be known that he is a, the transformative rapper this week because, like, that the Twitter rant that he went on where he was basically, like... Can you sum that up? Because I didn't catch all of it. He was basically just saying that, like, I'm your dad. Like, that's the, that's the, that's like the thesis statement of like his eight tweet rant is like, okay. I'm your fucking dad. Don't play with me. Like, uh-huh. to, like, to rappers. To rapper to rappers. Okay. Unnamed MC such and such. Ooh. I mean, that could apply to so many people. It can apply to a lot of people. So yeah. it's like, there's no, I don't know who, I'm not even going to speculate who <laughs> it's talking about. Sure. But it could apply to a lot of people. So, I mean, to your point, like, clearly he feels that way. Um, But I guess the question is, like, as far as where we see Future and how he's, like, perceived in the space of Atlanta is, like, is he even, is he even the top three in the Dungeon family? Cause you gotta start there before we see, see, you Jesus see, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, every, I love. Like I mean, we're living, saying, we're like, kind of living it right now at the same time. Yeah. So, like, we're unfortunately, there. we have to, we have to have hindsight because, I mean, I just remember hearing stories. Like, I mean, we gotta remember that at the time when Andre 3000 is wearing a football jersey and feathers, that people weren't necessarily with it at the time. It was only in hindsight that we're like, oh, that was the marking of a true artistic genius, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But at least at that point, that was their third album, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Andre, Big Boy, CeeLo. Let's just say that. That's three. I feel those are the three that most people, how they tend to rate. How how they tend to remember. Sure. Look at it, right? Uh Uh Dungeon Family, yeah. So, under that, I I have to put Future 4, right? Am I am I gonna? I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's, it's like there's so many there's so many members though. Yeah, so many yeah it's a lot of people. Well, My first inclination is to fact check, but it's like if we're talking purely like MC skills, I mean, it definitely depends. Are we talking about it from a Jansport Jansport curriculum or um, a Jansport? Well, in those three I named, I tried to name all of the ones that covered both. Okay. Because artistically and commercially, Big Boy, Andre, and CeeLo have probably been the biggest commercial successes and probably as individual artists, mm. the most critically acclaimed of the whole Dungeon family as a whole. Outside of, yeah, I mean, yeah. Rico and, you know, like for sure. production-wise. For sure, yeah, yeah. for but sure. As far as the artists go, it's those three. So it's like, I don't know. I, to me, Future kind of has to fall forth in that yeah. space. Yeah. And then, if, and then you move outside the Dungeon family and you say the rest of Atlanta as far as how we view him in the scope of Atlanta artists and it's like, Damn, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a, you're talking about a lot of people. Hold on. Not to stop you completely, no. but I want to know, like, you're pitting CeeLo over Future. I think I... I don't know if I can completely agree with that right now. I as, mean, not to a, take anything away no, from no, how no, no, innovative no. and incredible Yeah, CeeLo Cee-Lo is. is interesting because, like, he sort of was... He showed that, to some extent, people kind of had to step in and out of these pop and hip-hop realms, whereas mm. Andre and Big Boy did the impossible and somehow managed to conquer that plus like Latin airplay plus like, you know, like all they man like with speaker box and love below, they charted in charts that they had never charted before. Right. Right. So they were both 
a commercial success and a critical success. Um, CeeLo is very interesting because I, he, for him, it almost felt like hip hop and pop were two very different spheres in which he had to present two very different selves. And um, I just remember coming across his like solo music on MTV too, before he did like even like the Gnarls Barkley stuff. And then trying to reconcile that with the image that I saw of him as like Goody Mob, I was like, is this really the same fucking person? Like, that's crazy to me. Anyway, not to like completely throw you off, but what was like your point, yo? No, I was just trying to see like how we measure CeeLo versus Future because I mm-hmm. feel like Future kind of leans closer to the Andre and Big Boy as far as looking at um, the charts as something to conquer mm-hmm. with like more of the trap sound. He, he's been able to be so expansive without changing himself uh, completely. You know, he's been able to have uh, a lot of popular records that are still very much future, but you're like with CeeLo, CeeLo made a conscious decision to like switch up, Mm -hmm. to kind of alter himself a little bit, to fit in certain certain pockets that might not have been as accepting of him Mm -hmm. if he would have just been a straightforward rapper, Mm -hmm. you know, extremely skilled MC. Yeah. But I feel like we don't, well, I don't feel like we, but I feel like Future doesn't get enough credit as a rapper as he does for his melodies, for his hooks, for being able to create catchy records and to have like really badass verses. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah. I don't know. I just I don't think I think if we're just ranking based on what Josh said about Andre and Big Boy and Silo as his three, I think I pin Silo at four. Interesting. I think I think I think I'd almost I'm almost inclined to like like I wanna go back like right now and listen to like Gnarls Barkley. I wanna go back mm-hmm. and listen to like CeeLo when he was wearing like those crazy gospel wigs right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just because like it had been it's definitely been a minute yeah, um same. i think i would have to go back before i lock that in but just like all, you know, no 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 gut reaction right that's how I'm feeling well the reason i say that is this well you're right i mean to the extent that obviously future as a as an artist future has a lot more catalog than CeeLo mm-hmm. does whether you could say mixtape or album whatever it is future has clearly put out more work than CeeLo has as an artist whether it's with goody mob or as solo or nars barkley or you know one of his many incarnations sure but um even with the the switching up and going pop because future tried to do what CeeLo was trying to do when honest came out and he had these pop type records like he tried to it whether it was under pressure or whether it was because he just felt like i need to go and do records that you know turn off the lights and 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 you know other type of songs that feel a little bit more um accessible i feel like he came back and it's like nah i shouldn't have did that shit i should have just kept doing what i'm doing and CeeLo kind of went some places that future still hasn't been as an artist as far as um the level that his records have reached to not necessarily whether they're critically acclaimed or not Mm -hmm. but like the Nars Barkley records, the fuck yous, like right. these are big, huge, like out of control songs. Yeah. And Future hasn't hit any of those yet. So that's not necessarily that it's not a knock against him, but to me it is like a thing for recognizing CeeLo of like, damn, you pulled that off. I mean, we talked about second life rappers. That's a hell of a second life he had. Cause I didn't I wouldn't have called any of that. Were he dressed like Big Bird? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was so like, great. I wouldn't have called any of that. Mm-hmm. And he closed my eyes and see it. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, he, yo, he, he pulled that off, and so like, that's that's mm. that's my that's my counter argument to why I, I put him. And that doesn't necessarily mean that there's an argument to be made because there I see what you're an saying. Argument. There's, there's there, definitely there an, argument an argument to be argument, made. But you had a great rebuttal there. But that mm-hmm. was but, but that was my only rebuttal for why I put him there because it's like, damn, like CeeLo Green, like he, No, I feel you. you know. I feel it's a both both arguments. But at the same time, compelling. I'm not really bumping CeeLo shit at really at any time. Yeah. I'm playing future. That is interesting. I'm not riding around <laughs> really listening to CeeLo's album. I gotta go back and listen to him because I feel like CeeLo never stuck to my ribs like that. Yeah, yeah, like that's, and that's yeah. That's what you I'm would saying, hear too. it. You would recognize the oh, genius there, right? Yeah, but it just never stuck. Was that for you the same? It, well, for me, he definitely represents a very particular era where, like, I'm still in high school, and we finally get MTV two, and then all of a sudden, like, you're seeing his videos kind of pop up, and I can only imagine at the time what Goody Mob fans would have thought 
to kind of like see mm. that because I, I first encountered him as a solo artist. So to see him come from that to Gnarls Barkley to then where my mom knows him from like this reality competition show where he's a judge, that's kind of surreal to me. Yeah. That's for sure. His, his reign definitely represents like a certain era. I feel like where the internet like allowed you to be a little bit more experimental. Cause that's what danger mouse was, right? Like he was definitely of that time where like, you know, like the, he did the gray album, right? Like mm-hmm. it was where like the internet wasn't this all encompassing thing that we talk about now where Jay-Z on a jet ski goes viral. That's not what the right. internet was back was then. Was at that point. Yeah, no. That's true. Yeah. Great point. I think I saw somewhere someone had asked, is future bigger than T.I.? <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, I saw it. It Inter- was, it was oh, an God. extremely interesting point. And, I mean, I don't know if people remember, but T.I. had a whole movie that people went to see. <laughs> like, like, he had a right? whole movie that came out with King that was, I think, uh, I think it was number one that first week. ATL? No, yeah. Number one, uh, first rapper with the number one album and the number one oh, movie in the right. same week. Like, gotta remind that's people. how big T.I. was. Gotta remind people, but yeah. I, I do like the point of looking at, like, because, again, we saw Jeezy, T.I., and Gucci all kind of come up at one, like, rush of a time. Mm-hmm. Where those three were, like, huge. But, and not to say, like, Atlanta wasn't as big as it's been now, but I feel like we haven't had that new king, in a sense, of uh, someone to replace what T.I. was, what Jeezy was, what Gucci was. But Future's been around for a while. Oh, I yeah. Mean, you can date it back to Rex on Rex. Uh-huh. Since he's been on the radio. He's, that's a 2012, 13, mm-hmm. 11, right. I think. Mm-hmm. So he's been around for a while now, and his stature has only gotten bigger. So I wonder, like, just within that space of, you know, these huge artists that come from the city, are we going to look at Future the way we look at a T.I., a Jeezy, and a Gucci man? I think we will in the sense that Future, is, I think he solidified his legacy yeah. for what he is and being, I think he will be looked at as a legendary figure when it's all said and done. But to my point about Future having like more to do with me feeling like Future's whole career right now is still under this glass ceiling that he moves like incrementally, he's almost damn near at the top of the glass ceiling, but he moves mm. like incrementally closer to it without breaking it because he hasn't had, has he had, I mean, this is commercial shit I'm talking about, but okay. as far as, is he bigger than T.I.? Is Future going to have a number one album and a number one movie in the same? Is he going to reach some type of commercial accolade that T.I. has represented? Because that's, mm. if we're talking about stats and the whole encompassing of an artist, your artistry and are you as successful as some of your peers, he still hasn't had that. Mo- I don't know what's Future's biggest record. I feel like you. Like, I feel like Future question. was trying to make that bid with the Superfly thing or whatever. Right, if you to, think to about it, like that. that was the whole logic behind that. Um, but has he had anything? Okay, so if we're looking at it purely from, I guess like the pop sphere or whatever, we ha- I guess we should remind ourselves that Future was featured in a song with Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran on her latest album. But T.I. did those pop collaborations and they managed to hit off. I think that was like the key difference. Yeah. Is that they actually like became like radio shit. Yeah. Yeah. Even up to the point of Robin Thicke and Pharrell. Mm, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will say that that record probably would have been a huge hit without with the without well i won't say that because no. i don't know no, 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 no i'm gonna take that back don't, you know why take back the lie no i'm gonna take back that lie and i'll tell you why not because of his verse but because of hey 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 <laughs> hey 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 that was, a was very important in that robert thick record being a hit and that's and that's listen and that's the Look, give a man so. credit even the drunk uncle ti in the video <laughs> yeah counts, counts you it know. counts yes but i, I want to note that ti and rihanna had a hit record and future and rihanna did not have a hit, a record. hit record oh my god you and know. they should have had it and by it now. should have oh been a hit because yes. it was it was like a guarantee yeah it was like an easy bucket and somehow it's like missing a layup it's like missing a wide open layup but i don't I don't know if the labels like try to push that either because I would argue that at least one of those future Rihanna collaborations is maybe a better song. Maybe. I mean, um, we can, you know, debate if it's a better song. It should have definitely just been bigger. I feel like I should have heard it that whole summer. 
Yeah. Right. That, that summer that came out. It wasn't out, Wild Thoughts. It was not Wild Thoughts. <laughs> it, was not, it was definitely not Wild Thoughts. Oh, my God. But it's interesting to think about Future. And he did try the Superfly soundtrack, which mm-hmm. I don't think was as big as maybe they wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, but I was just, I don't think the movie was well promoted. I feel like it kind of just came and went extremely quickly. Mm-hmm. We got That's, the billboards around here, but yeah, I I'd be interested in how well it was promoted elsewhere. Yeah. It didn't seem like the marketing budget was. I mean, they did the, the standard Hot 9-7 Breakfast Club interviews okay. and you know all of that type of stuff, but like it didn't seem <sighs> like they had a great, a huge marketing push behind, behind it. Right. Because, I mean, I think with uh, ATL... It was huge in the city, but it was also like a thing nationwide. Worldwide. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People were on it. You can go to New York and people are going to quote that movie. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my parents on the skating rink saw her, no ticket, no skate. Right. The entire summer <laughs> from everybody, you know, all accents. No, ticket, no, no dude, that yeah. was the whole thing. So, And then Nunu turned into a thing. The exactly. concept of Nunu the turned com- into like a pop culture thing. So it's like, yeah. It was a lot of like moments in that movie that kind of transcended the city in a way. Or people still come here, want to go to Waffle House because they saw it in ATL. Uh-huh. And, you know, it just became a, a cultural moment that T.I. just happened to star in. And even though Future didn't star in Superfly, I feel like that soundtrack could have been huge for him. In yeah. In a way of, like, just crossing over into a different space. Mm-hmm. But it didn't have the legs. It, no. didn't, it didn't move. And the mm-hmm. thing about Future is, like, when something doesn't work, he just moves to the next thing. There's no dust on him ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. He's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it really doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, just, I did that, and if you don't like Let's it, move then on. it's fine. I'll be doing some more shit very yeah. soon. Just yeah. the way he bounced back from Honest was just like, here's three mixtapes. You know, yeah. the way he bounced back from, like, his fiance. Like, mm-hmm. he literally just came back and just, like, Future just shrugs everything off, like, uh, yeah, like, unfazed. Yeah, he's like the, uh, remember the twins from Matrix 2? Like they could like phase in and out of cars, and like he's one of them. Like he can be like an apparition at any given time. Like, phase the wall. Like, told you he's a witch. I was gonna and say like, I told you he was a witch. Like, no, you just John, John has called Future everything but a human. Like, <laughs> that is, that's fucking true. Man. He's so convinced that Future is something otherworldly. Oh my god! Can somebody please Photoshop Future as Harry Potter? Future that would Potter. Be amazing. God. Just like the lightning bolt on the <laughs> Yeah. Yo, wait, no. It's just going to be a double cup. Right? Just yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a little double cup. <laughs> a little tiny double. Fantastic. A little, t- little double cup with like the round glasses. Yo, I'm and with the- it. I'm with it. Someone get this done. If you're Mike. hearing the sound of my voice, <laughs> please, for the betterment of all of us in society. Future, for the culture. Future and the Codeine Stone is yeah. going to be a hit record. Man. I cannot wait. Whatever that fucking man. Dirty soda and stuff, bro. Spill a day to get my mind blown. Dress it up and go to NASA. 200 miles on the dash. Got a roller pound up a gas. Switch the lanes in the Grand Rapids. We're the one that kept it cool. So, all right, so we talked about Beast Mode 2. I want to roll back to this other part. I want to talk about Zaytoven. Okay. Mm, because I listened to this album a lot since it came out. And as I'm listening to the beats, I'm listening to, like I said, to me, it felt like Future and Hendrix, right? Where uh-huh. there was like super uh, angelic, melodic stuff. Box. And then there is trap, like, fuck your bitch and Gucci flip-flops. Okay. But as I'm listening to the beats, I'm thinking to myself, like, why doesn't Zaytoven have these pop records or records on these pop artists the way Mike Will did? Oh my God! Because I'm listening to all these, some of these records on here. I was like, Ariana Grande could sing over this. Uh huh. Uh huh. When they're doing their, you know, what I mean, he's so good on the keys, and some of that shit just sounds so. I don't even know what it is outside of just it's. It just feels poppy. It just feels like this is some beautiful shit that I could play in front of white mothers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, why does it say like? I mean, I don't know if he doesn't have any desire to like. You know, make music for those artists or not. But uh-huh. I'm just like, what's the, is there a disconnect or something? Because, like, oh my God. Mike Will gave out a lot of Katy Perry, Miley Cyrus. Uh, Same with Metro. Yeah, Metro too. What a did Metro, these, what pop records did Metro do? 
No, as far as just being like the the crossover artist, as far as he had beefs on. Didn't, didn't he? He didn't do a Katy Perry record too. I thought he did a Katy record. Yeah, I him and the Amigos was. Didn't he produce the Amigo record? Bon Appetit. I don't remember. I'd have to check. I thought he had like one really big, like oh. weird collab. But I. Have to check but out. I mean, it's very telling that we know that Mike Will and Miley Cyrus did some shit but mm, that the Met- whatever Metro did it's not readily it, 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 coming it's ready, to mind that's right very telling right. yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't know and I just thought about that like though these are these are dope records for Future but like yeah it made me appreciate the fact that Future even picked some of those beats because I'm uh-huh. like not everybody can do that like, oh yeah I, you know like yeah 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 that's a real specific thing that he does with some of these tracks that for you, sure. you just can't pull off with every fucking artist Oh my god. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like the story will come out once this episode comes out anyway, so who even cares? Um, but I've been a- interviewing Zaytoven uh, for the past couple weeks um, for a story for Red Bull's magazine, The Red Bulletin. Okay. And um, when I talked to Zaytoven, he talked a lot about an Usher record that he did that for whatever reason never comes to mind with anybody. Mm-hmm. He won a Grammy over it. It's a song called Papers. It was a big deal. Oh, that was a divorce record. That was Zaytoven. I'm ready to sign that, was Zaytoven. that was Zaytoven. That, that was Zaytoven. Wow. Yeah. They had yeah, a yeah. billboard for that record. They had a billboard for that. They got yeah. a Grammy for that and everything. And he talked to me about how at that time he thought shit was going to change because he saw it happen with, I guess, with just a lot of producers. I mean, we all for know sure. this. In the sense one. that, like, Timbaland, you know, he transitions over to pop. Pharrell does the same thing and so on and so forth. So he was thinking, like, that was his that was his time. Like, as soon as, you know, that record caught, you know, caught on, he would be able to do, like, these bigger records and be a little bit more challenged in that sense. That did not happen for him. It didn't. Um, it didn't because, and his theory is that people were still kind of catching on to the merits of what he was doing with Gucci because at the time when Gucci's and him are a thing, like people were like, what is this trash? And then when people finally started realizing maybe it's, maybe it is trash, but it's fun trash or this actually like has merits or whatever, people got really stuck on associating Zaytoven with trap. And so that is, you know, Zaytoven is one of the people. He gives people what they want. And so that's what people... And so that's what he's given back. Um, but the way that he talked about Beast Mode and specific, and also with Beast Mode 2, he finally saw that as some opportunity to be able to finally branch out because Future was a rare artist who was just like, I'll just rap over anything you give me. And usually yeah. Zaytoven does not get that sort of request. Zaytoven was like, usually gets a, oh, I like that shit you did with Gucci. I like that shit you did with Migos. Mm-hmm. I like that shit you did with Future. Let's let's bring that back right. or whatever. That's got to be annoying as hell. It has to be. I mean, considering how long he's been around, if you really yeah. think about it. Um, so that's from the inside. That's but, a great point. Yeah. yeah. It's super interesting how um, Gucci's beloved now, but that was not always the case. Oh, no. It's just how people kind of looked at him as this lesser artist as somebody that wasn't to be taken seriously. So imagine being the producer attached to that and having trying to like break out of, well, not necessarily try to break out of it because you, of course, believe in these records and you believe yeah, in the artists that you're working with. You're just waiting for people to catch up. But to be attached to that is so, it's so crazy. And then for us not to recognize that he did papers, like I wonder how widely known that is. I had zero because idea. I knew the record when you said they had a Grammy. I was like, for what? You were, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, that my first thing was like, oh, they got a Grammy for what? For oh, Usher like, record. I'm he, like, what Usher record? And as soon as you said papers. papers. Said, oh, the divorce shit. record. I know. I know. I know the record. Like I can sing the song. Yeah. But I did not know the beat was a Zay something. He doesn't even have a drop on there, does he? No. Nope. See, that's what you need drops. You need drops. This is yeah. yeah. That's important. Like I know it wasn't as important as before, but you need drops. Yeah, for I, sure. I wish I would have known that was a Zay. It yeah. would be it would be way more crazier to know Zaytoven made that song because mm-hmm. it was like really slow mm-hmm. and melodic and Oh my god. Yeah, it was I can imagine he did it, but I did not see it. Then. Yeah. The Swiss get credit for producer drop. He said Swiss. Yeah. Swiss beats. Oh. Like was the producer drop? It's like his him the Swiss Swiss beats thing was was that I didn't. Did anybody have a drop before that? 
Oh my god! I mean, that's obvious. Maybe yeah, the homies this is tried, such a good tried to do the origins of the drop, and it was like a dead end that no one knows like who had the first drop. But I think you can probably look at Swiss as someone that popularized. Pop, yeah, that pop, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe was, he's the Ti of the DJ. Yeah. Of the, of the I mean, someone could have had like, like an obscure drop of the w- w- with the way Swiss approaches the mic. He's like, talk the, yeah, 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 you yeah, know maybe, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe somebody had like some subconscious, like I'm gonna just throw this in here real low mm-hmm. key, like. But it, Swiss yeah. was like, no, I want you to know it's me. <laughs> I did this. This is my beat that you're enjoying right now. That's why I always like Pharrell's four count because the four count, yeah. It, you know, without having to be a vocal presence on the song, you know when you hear it's that him, four like, count, it's him. Sure. And, you know, I he, think oh, everyone's okay. kind of different when it comes to, like, recognizable quality. And I think now when you hear Isaiah Tobin beat, you know what it is. Like, right. But Papers? I know. That fuck me up. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm yeah. definitely, like, the brain explode emoji right now. Like, Because if you would have paused when you said Isaiah Tobin and Usher had a Grammy, I would have been like, for when? What? When did that happen? Uh-huh. I would have lost a lot of money on that bet. Yeah, because okay. that would have been the last song I would have thought. I would have thought that maybe that Plaz record, Daddy's Home, mm-hmm. would have been like my mm-hmm. first guess, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't even been like a good guess. But mm-hmm. I was just been like, uh, maybe Plaz. Oh my but God, no where were way. you guys before I turned this story? <laughs> God damn it! I really, I really want to know how many people like associate Zayn Tobin with that record. Maybe they know, but I'm talking about it's like just. Associating that Zaytoven has that hit because when you talk about Zaytoven hits, mm-hmm. you're not thinking about oh, the song you had with Usher about divorce, right? Mm-hmm. That's and, not and, the and one, and not for nothing. That album wasn't really well received, that wasn't a mm-hmm. well received Usher album, and uh, like, yeah, so like, even though it was, it had the drama of the divorce, right? So that single was like, oh, okay, he's finally going to you know talk about divorcing his lady, but. Outside of that, like I feel like that album didn't go over real well, so maybe that's part of why it's like sure. an obscure thing. But that's really I possible. definitely had no idea. That's that's pretty good. Was that the first Usher album that wasn't really well received? Yeah, because he was that was coming off of Confessions. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to confess real bad, and, yeah. and he was like, "I'm gonna give you this one." Right. And by the way, this is not about the divorce, Dang. but I'm gonna what? make it sound petty anyway. In and, retrospect. Uh, Confession is not being an Usher album. Well, being written by Jermaine Dupri and his situation always blew my mind because I was so convinced that album was about Usher's love life. I was so Wait, convinced. what? You know Confessions isn't about Usher. The album's not about Usher. It's about Jermaine Dupri. But no. Wait, you didn't know that? <laughs> oh my god, did I just break that to you? Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Santa- You're just breaking the illusion. Right. Yeah, like, I was what? gonna say Santa Claus just died. Stop it. I really Santa wish Claus y'all could have saw her face because I it was like I just told her that ET wasn't real. Yeah. <laughs> like she looked like like her little alien friend that she saw go phone home was fake. You're yeah. fucking me up, especially because I re-listened to Confessions like today. Right. And you were like in your feelings thinking that Usher yes, was going through Yes, because like, Usher know. is in his feelings. Yes, yeah. he's in someone Deeply. else's feelings. That's, that's, that's <laughs> not about his life. His life was probably really good during that album. Oh my God. He's probably God. had a healthy relationship. I can't Wasn't even. cheating. Yeah, no, nah, Jermaine Dupri. It was, it's an album about Usher was life. just a vessel? He was just a vessel. A really chiseled vessel? Well, yeah. I can't. And, and, and it worked out because like he was fresh off the chili thing. So exactly. like the, the like just all the fucking stars, moons, kind of like crystals lined up. Yeah, and no, like, look it up. It's it's about Jermaine Dupri. And this is a very well known. <laughs> well, is I wouldn't say it's well known, but it has been talked about enough where some people are more aware. But oh, I remember when it first came out, the consensus was that it was about Usher's love life. And uh, I know Jermaine Dupri did a couple of interviews back in the day, like defuncting the. Debunking the rumor? Yeah. Oh Lord. Okay. Because it was like a thing. It was like it's almost like how rappers are. Like you, if you rap it, you lived it. Like Usher's singing so passionately yeah. about being caught cheating that you just assume that there's no way that anyone else wrote this. But you know, it was it wasn't his life. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing about it. Like that's always my argument for Rihanna, right? Like uh, people would be like, "Oh, Rihanna can't sing. Rihanna can't sing. Rihanna can't sing." And I would know. I would in no way, shape, or form compare Rihanna to any all-time great vocalist that I consider to be, like, an amazing singer, right? Mm. But I think Rihanna is, like, the ultimate vessel. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I think that if you... There aren't many people who you can be, like, sing this song and make me believe 
And I feel like she always makes you believe. She always owns it. Yeah, she owns every word of it. And it's like, that's that's a talent. Yeah. Even if she's not the greatest singer, like, that is a talent. Like, because there's a gang of pop stars or people who you could put and be like, yo, say these words, and it's not going to sound that same type of way. They can't sell it. They can't sell it. Rihanna sells it. He sells that shit hard. Every time. Hard. Like, I've never doubted anything she's ever said (laughs) on a record ever. (laughs) Rihanna is not nothing to do with the 92 bricks. Like, that's not what she's like. Full circle. Yeah, like, I know. Like, if Robin Fenty said that shit, then Uh I, yeah, I'm going for it. Oh, man. All right. Well, this has been something to say, and we have just talked a whole lot about future, about his place within the the greats of Atlanta, and all that good stuff. Um, maybe we should like plug something. Do you guys want to go around and like just plug something or shout out anything? Why don't you start, Jaw? Okay, I know who I want to shout out. I want to shout out Combat Jack Reggie Osei. Uh, <sighs> July eighth was Combat Jack's birthday. This is the first birthday since he passed. Um, love Reggie dearly. Uh, I miss him a whole lot. It has been, um, like, to me, podcast, my whole experience with podcasting is because of Combat Jack. The reason I even, I think it was the first podcast I ever listened to was his show. So I want to shout out to him, and that's just it. That's long beautiful. Live, long, long live Combat Jack. Long live Combat Jack. Yeah, I just kind of want to piggyback off that real quick and to say how much I appreciate what Combat Jack did for hip-hop, just not only as a as a podcaster, but as a historian, as a lawyer. Like, his history runs so deep, and I highly recommend everyone to do your homework and look back on his uh, what he provided, the culture, because that's what he was. He was someone that brought so much into hip-hop and didn't really ask for a lot back. So I think we should appreciate people such as Reggie and for what he did. And if I had to plug something, uh, I got a, a book, a collection of essays on Amazon right now that you can buy. The Book of Yo. <laughs> the Book on, of Yo. Search it on Amazon. <laughs> you know, tell a friend to tell a friend. Oh my God, you got to autograph mine. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Thank you. Thank you for purchasing. You're amazing. But yeah, that's all. Okay, awesome. That was well said, yo. Yes. Very, very beautiful. Um, I don't know if there's much else I can add to that other than... Yeah, we made it hot for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really fucked me up, man. <laughs> uh, we made it hot for you. We made it hot for you. You didn't know what you were getting yourself. Yeah, yeah, you want to plug something? You want to shout something out? Yeah, I want to shout something out. First. I want to shout something out. You want to break my fucking I, heart? I want to shout out your soul on this table. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, listen. Um... The Zaytoven story that I was telling y'all about just now, it's going to be the cover story for the oh, July issue of the Red the Bulls. Cover, you didn't say that part earlier. I did not. The cover so, story. So I wanted to cipher for the plug. Um, so go check that out. It, uh, this issue, it, the story is being translated into different languages as we speak. So that is oh, blowing shit. my fucking mind right now. Damn. But anyway, this has been something to say. Um, thanks, thanks so much for tuning in. And um, yes. Yeah. Do you want a better send off than that? No, we're leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out. <laughs> <laughs>